You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the podcast. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that that episode dealt with the employment rights of workers. So today, following on from last week's episode, we're going to look at the employment rights that accompany the status of employee. Now, the main thing to remember here is that whilst all employees are workers, not all workers are employees. And that's because if you have a contract of employment as an employee, you get some extra employment rights that workers don't get. An employee is someone who has a permanent contract of employment with the company and to whom the company therefore has an obligation to provide full employment rights. Now, having the status of an employee is the status most workers want to achieve because once you have this status, your employer must, not may, but must give you full employment rights. There is no choice here. And your employment status as an employee entitles you to full employment rights, some of which are available to employees from the first day you start work, whilst others don't come into force until you've been in employment for one year, if you were employed before the 6th of April 2012, or after being in your job for two years, if you were employed after the 6th of April 2012. So as an employee, you have all the rights of a worker. As I said, we discussed those rights in the podcast last week. So if you need a reminder, you can go back and re-listen to podcast four. So what rights are you entitled to if you're an employee? Here are the top 11 employment rights that you are entitled to if you are an employee. Employment right number one is that whilst employment law does not say that your employer must always give you a contract of employment, within two months of starting your job, your employer should give you a written statement clearly setting out the basic details of your employment and the main terms and conditions of that employment. So, for example, your written statement should provide details of you and your employer the date you started work, the amount of pay and how often you will be paid. For example, is it weekly or monthly? The hours you work, the holiday entitlement you'll be receiving, including how many days off you're entitled to and what your holiday pay will be, how much notice you're entitled to if you're dismissed and how much notice you must give your employer if you want to leave the job, the title of your job, where the job is based, for example, whether you will have to work in more than one location, what the disciplinary dismissal and grievance procedures are for the workplace, and whether you can join your employer's occupational pension scheme if there is one. 
These are the main things I would expect to see in a written statement of your employment. There may be others, but these are the main ones. Now, if you haven't received your written statement within two months of starting your job, you're entitled to ask your employer to provide you with one. If you do ask your employer, make sure you do this in writing so that you have evidence that you've requested this in case you need to take action against your employer for a breach of your employment rights for failing to provide you with a written statement. Now, usually this type of action would not be taken whilst you're still working for your employer. However, it is something you can raise a grievance about and you can do that whilst you're still working for the employer. But if you find yourself in a position where you feel you have to leave your job because of a series of things that may also include your employer's refusal to give you a written statement, then having evidence that you've written and requested this will help you later on. And for example, one of the things that you might decide to do is to bring a claim for breach of contract to an employment tribunal. And the failure to provide you with written terms of employment might be one of the breaches that you're complaining about. Employment right number two is your right to receive pay slips or a detailed pay statement showing everything that you've been paid and everything that's been deducted from your wages. And there should be no unlawful deductions. So everything that is deducted from your pay slip must be clearly explained and it must either be a statutory deduction, which are things like tax, national insurance and pensions, or a deduction that has been made contractually that you have agreed to. If you find deductions on your payslip that you haven't agreed to, then these need to be challenged. And you do that by contacting your employer and keeping a record of what you have discussed. Right number three is your right to receive at least the statutory sick pay amount if you're too sick to work. And you should be given details about how and when to notify the employer when you're sick. To qualify for sick pay, you have to have been ill for at least four days in a row, which can also include your non-working days. And you have to let the employer know that you're sick by a notification deadline, which can sometimes be in your contract. But if it's not, then you notify by at least the seventh day of your sickness. You're entitled to receive the statutory amount of sick pay, which at the time of this podcast going to air in about March 2020 is £94.25 in the UK. If there are any changes to the amount which might happen at the start of the new tax year, then you'll find the new figure in the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Your employer cannot pay you less than the statutory amount, but your employer can pay you more if your company has an enhanced sick pay scheme. Employment right number four is your right not to be discriminated against in the workplace if you belong to a protected characteristic group, of which there are nine. These are age, disability, gender reassignment, race, 
religion or belief, sex, meaning gender, sexual orientation, pregnancy and maternity, and marriage and civil partnership. These rights are contained in the Equality Act 2010. However, everyone in the UK has a right not to be discriminated against because they may have done something in relation to the Equality Act. So, for example, if you support someone who belongs to a protected characteristic group, but who may have been subjected to discrimination, and because in supporting them, you are then treated less favourably for having done so, this is also an act of discrimination against you. And you have protection under the Equality Act to prevent your employer from treating you this way, even though you may not belong to a protected characteristic group. So it's really important for you to note that. Employment right number five is your protection under the health and safety legislation. Health and safety laws state that employers have a statutory duty, that is a legal duty, to take care of the health and safety of their employees by providing a clean environment to work in. They also have to provide first aid equipment, protective clothing, drinking water and washing facilities. And they also have to ensure that all machinery that you may have to use is safe. When you go to work and you see those health and safety notices up on your office kitchen or canteen wall or in the factory, this is why your employer has to put them there. Your health and safety rights are not a secret and the employer has a duty to ensure that you know that you're protected and that you are protected. Employment right number six is the right to parental leave or what is sometimes called family leave. Remember when we looked at this, when we looked at workers' rights, this is one area of employment rights that workers were not entitled to. However, as an employee, you are entitled to parental leave. Women are entitled to take time off for antenatal care and can take 52 weeks of statutory maternity leave. Other eligible employees are entitled to take one to two weeks of paternity leave at or around the period in which the baby is due or has been born. When adopting a child, one of the adoptive parents is entitled to six months paid leave and six months unpaid leave and the other partner is entitled to paternity leave. However, there are additional rights here. If you're having a baby or adopting a child, you and your partner can share up to 50 weeks of leave and up to 37 weeks of pay between you, which must be shared in the first year in which your child was born or placed in your family. You're also entitled to take this leave in blocks or all at one go. And you can even be off together if you choose. It's important to note that different eligibility criteria applies to birth parents than it does to adoptive parents. And there is also a requirement to give notice to your employer. If you think you would like to access this type of leave, your starting point would be your HR department or whoever is dealing with HR matters in your company. Now, there is also a degree of protection if you receive a dismissal notice whilst you're on pregnancy 
or maternity leave. And so you'll need to check that if that is something that has happened to you. Employment right number seven is the right to request flexible working. Now, after 26 weeks of working for the same employer, as an employee, you have the right to submit a request for flexible working hours. Now, that flexibility could be anything. It could be working part time. It could be working term time. It could be working condensed hours. So, for example, working 36 hours over three and a half days. That's what flexible working is. And you have the right to request it after 26 weeks of working for the same employer. Now, as an employee, you're only allowed to make one request per year. And your employer doesn't have to grant your request if there is a good business reason for not doing so. But having said that, your employer must deal with your request in a reasonable manner. Your employer has to assess the advantages and disadvantages of your application, hold a meeting with you to discuss your request and the outcome of your request and offer you a right to appeal the decision if your request is denied. If your employer does not deal with your request in this way, this is something you can complain about to the company or to an employment tribunal. Employment right number eight is the right to paid holidays and the right to accrue holidays during sick leave and periods of parental leave. Although these are the same rights as workers, apart from the automatic right to accrue holidays during parental leave, the additional rights to employees here is the right for fixed term employees to have the same contractual rights as permanent employees in similar roles. However, entitlement to holidays and similar rights for part-time workers may be calculated on a pro rata basis. There are no specific number of hours that differentiate a part-time worker from a full-time worker. The differentiation is in status. Are you an employee who works part-time or are you a worker who works part-time? That is where the difference lies. So it can't be determined on hours. Now, the entitlement may vary from one company to another in terms of enhanced rights. But whatever the rights are, those rights must be the same for employees in similar roles, irrespective of whether they work full time or part time. Employee right number nine is your entitlement to time off to deal with emergencies involving your family and dependents. Now, the law here doesn't say how much time you're allowed to have off and it doesn't say that you should be paid for that time off. The law says you're entitled to the time off in emergencies and it's up to your employer to decide how much time you can have off and whether you'll be paid for that time off. There's no limit to the number of times you can apply for emergency leave and whether you are granted that leave is also a matter for the employer to decide. Now, emergency leave is something that you can't predict. If something happens that you know about, then it's not an emergency and the employer does not have to consider your request for emergency leave. 
this is leave for emergencies that you did not know were likely to happen. Employment right number 10 is the right to protection from unfair dismissal, although you will need to have worked for the same employer for two consecutive years to qualify for the right to bring an unfair dismissal case to an employment tribunal. And the way you access that right is by using the company's complaints procedures to make sure you're treated fairly. And finally, the 11th right is the right to statutory redundancy pay rates, which again don't come into play until you've been working for the same employer for two consecutive years. And there you have it. These are the top 11 employment rights that you're legally entitled to as an employee. In weeks to come, I'll go on to look at each of these rights in more detail. But for now, I just want you to know about these rights. Similar to last week's episode, it might help you to listen to the podcast again with a copy of your contract next to you, just to help you to get things clear in your mind in relation to your own contractual employment rights. Because once you know your employment status and the contractual rights that come with your status, only then can you begin to check that you're receiving all your employment rights and all your employment protections. The final thing I want to do is to remind you that you can download a cheat sheet giving you 15 actions that you can take if you want to make a complaint at work. And you can also download a complaints letter template and an appeal letter template, both of which come ready to use in case you need to make a complaint at work. You can get those templates by typing in the following URL into your website browser. That's drasha.mykajabi.com forward slash one and drasha.mykajabi.com forward slash two. That's d-r-a-s-h-e-r dot m-y-k-a-j-a-b-i dot com forward slash and then the number one and then you do the same thing again and at the end you put a number two and these URLs will take you to those downloads. And that's it for this week. I hope you got something out of what we've discussed. And I hope you tune in next week where we'll be discussing more about your employment rights. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here next week. Bye for now.